Good morning, ELL, and a good morning to the show. Pre-roll for Electric Liberty Land, episode number 146. Guys, I want to tell you, I made a life choice. It's not about religion. It's not about which way I want to part the remaining follicles of my hair or maybe my mustache. It's not about trying to convince Odermatt to change his haircut just once in his life. No, it's that I'm actually going to be joining the Libertarian Party officially. Now, as you know, Mark is already on board. Tom Woods is already on board. Uh, Dave Smith is already on board, as, of course, is Odermatt and our own Howie Snowden. And I am going to be making it official. I want to have a voice. I want to be a delegate. I want to go and make sure the heinous actions of the past that brought Gary Johnson and Bill Weld into the fold and allowed them to be our presidential candidates in the last run. So I am going to go to lp.org forward slash Lions of Liberty. I encourage you to do the same. That way we get a little loving from you joining up and we can be united, a united front to bring back the actual principles of liberty for which the Libertarian Party should stand. Um, yeah, that's about it for this pre-roll. Uh, enjoy the show. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land, here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. You ever drink MCT oil in your coffee? Yeah, it gives me crazy, uh, well, it did before I got used to it. It gave me tummy ache and insta-diarrhea. So... I used to do it and I had done it for a while and then I just got a new big bag of coffee. So I made a whole big coffee. I had a whole bunch of interviews today. So I make it and I go to pour a little droppings. I know you're only supposed to use a little bit, but like a big bloop fell in. I was like, eh, it's fine. I'll just drink it. And then like halfway through my first interview, I was like, oh man, I'm feeling good. <laughs> and then right before my other interview, I just, I just had to puke. I puked up all of these. Like, oh, it was like two cups of coffee. I puked up and it was like, you know how it gets in your nose when you oh, puke. Oh, yes. It was brutal. So that's why I didn't feel good. Yeah, and I may be a tiny bit hungover, but not really. But why would you do less? Uh, Eric Zenzig won some tickets to this. Oh, yeah, to the yeah bad religion. Yeah, I know he asked you to. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I couldn't go. I I was at I was at an event with the Chinese embassy. It was you (laughs) know how you hate concerts. This would have been the perfect concert for you because it was. First, it's like an interview, which I rolled my eyes at. I'm like, interview. But Wait, it was the perfect like, concert for me to hate or the perfect? No, no, no. I'll get there because I, I thought I was going to hate the interview too. It's actually really good. The lead singer was really funny and it was over before I knew it. It was like 15 minutes long. I was like, oh, oh that's, that's it. Good. Great. And then they went into their set and it was like five songs. It was like all the five bad religion songs I ever heard. And then they were done. No yeah. encore. They were just so sober. It was wait. great. So they played that one that goes, you want it all, but you can't have it. You know, that's not bad religion, right? Oh, no, I don't. Let's faith no more. No more. <laughs> what are the bad religions? No, no, they didn't do that. Uh, the <laughs> one you would awesome know the most is probably... Well, you guys uh, might remember us best from this song, which we didn't even play. <laughs> yeah, Sorrow, you probably know the most. Like, we will, there will be sorrow. Which is, I literally always thought that was social distortion until yesterday. Yeah, I have no idea what that song is. You would know it if you heard the real one and not my version. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Maybe so. We need to have you and uh, you and Jamie do a, some sort of libertarian karaoke event just to really drive. I'm sure, I'm sure he'd be all, all about it. That's why it'd be so great, though. He'd be so pissed off and miserable. And we'd have we'd require everybody to, to give a little libertarian speech before they sang a song. Oh, I'm OK with that. 
Well, as I posted, uh, oh wait, are we live yet? Oh, here we go. I'm going to go live. I'm going live. As I uh, posted in my Facebook feed, I am very fucking tired. I still like. I just, do you really need to post that for people to know it? I just. It's like I'm more tired today than usual. Like my eyes are like I can't keep my eyes open. I was so tired. I just can't I'm, like. I haven't slept. I just like this fucking pinched nerve will not go away to the point where I can get comfortable. I'm just dying. I can't deal with like, it. Like any good live stream, it starts with Brian talking about being tired and having a pinched nerve. Yeah, that's where the best live streams start. And then also drinking whiskey because I brought whiskey in so to keep me to keep my engine running. I am not drinking whiskey due to the aforementioned off-air story. David, yeah, well, that's, that sick. was recorded for... That'll be the bonus. So people get, so people <laughs> listen to the first two minutes that didn't watch the live broadcast for the Pride we're doing. Why well, Mark was sick. Oh. That's why you need to join the Pride. Yeah. Oh, I'll do an intro now. I'm just going to start. That's the cold open. This cool. is the open. I'm just going right into it. When you oh, say this is the open, that's the open? I'm doing the open. <laughs> Shut up. All right. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land, episode number 146, everybody. And I am joined by a guest. This is actually the first time we've done a, a solo show that wasn't, I think, a Pride Extra or anything like that in a while. Maybe uh, I, No, I, we did one after the Tulsi Gabbard event. Oh, yeah, you're right. Don't worry. Right. I got you. I'll remember your podcast better than you do. No yeah, problem. please do. Please do. I don't, I, I, you know, I don't fact check things. Uh, I don't, I also, oh, by the way, corrections and retractions. Very odd brand. On, yeah, last episode, I mistakenly said the Kurds were Christian. So I was confusing them with the Yazidis, who are Christian and are in northern Iraq. And I was confusing them with the Kurds in northern Syria. The Kurds are not, in fact, Christians. They well, if are you want to get into corrections from your past podcast, I happen to have prepared a list right here. Uh, oh. how, much time do we, how much time do we have for this? No, you actually, that would be hilarious. I was going to let you go I wish it. I did. That was just a gag, but <laughs> I, I could prepare a list easily. I want that. I want to, I actually, we should do an entire ELL show, which is just um, you guys putting a list of things that I got wrong and me arguing that I had them right. Because I, I bet agree. I can make, make some good arguments. on half Call on our Patreon interns to do this. I like our, I love our Patreon, the Lions of Liberty Pride. And yes, I'm already plugging. Sure. Uh, because not only do they pay us money to fund this podcast, they also do stuff for us. So it's like you pay yeah. us to be interns too. This is crazy. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Wild. It's the best thing. This is the best part of being a podcaster. Other than, all the, other than all the deep poon we pull. Well, yeah, that, that, all that, that podcast and poon coming in the door. Um, yeah, welcome to Electric Liberty Land. So, as I mentioned last show, I have to pre-record because I'm out of town. I'll be on a boat. I'll be actually I'll be on a boat and then at a theme park. The no, I'm not taking the boat to the theme park. By the way, that would be pretty amazing though. Uh, very exclusive theme park. It's called Pedophile Island. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein runs it. Epstein Land. Yeah, welcome to Epstein Land. Woo! Yeah. All the rides, all the rides, and you end up wet and you don't know what the liquid is. Um, anima animatronic Bill Clinton welcoming you. And, and you have to be this young to ride. That's the requirement. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, anyway, no. So I'll be, out of, I'll, be, I'll be out of town and not able to record. So I'll be on a boat in the middle of nowhere, and then I'll be at this theme park uh, and just not able to do it. So Should we imagine what, what news might break between now and then and then report it as, oh, if, it, a as nuclear if you're commenting war. on it? Nuclear war will definitely break out. North yeah. Korea has bombed Japan. The entire continent, not the continent, the entire island of Japan has been wiped from the face of the earth. The only oh, survivor man. is the emperor who said, fuck you, North Korea. All right. Well, I guess we can just do racist impressions instead. From a okay. turtle shell that he was standing <laughs> on in the middle of the ocean. Much like Mario rides on uh, turtle shells, that's how the emperor escaped. You think that's a myth made for video games, but actually based in fact, and the emperor is the only person who could do it, which is why he ruled Japan for so long. I should have known where su suggesting this activity would lead, obviously, to Mario references. Well, I mean, clearly. And that's the sad thing is when North Korea inevitably drops a nuke on Japan in the, in the following days after we record this, uh, no more Zeldas, no more Mario <laughs> Brothers. 
gonna be awful. Except those those knockoffs that uh, went on like the uh, the PlayStation VCR, or whatever the fuck it was. The Jaguar, the Sony Jaguar knockoffs. Is that a real thing? I never heard. Of oh, that. it's a real thing. There's like Zeldas that are the most atrocious games ever that it's were like on Melda. It was like no, they're licensed somehow. They're real Zelda games, but it's like these weird side scrolling things with like live action characters, kind of like Mortal Kombat creatures, but jumping around and like. Rawr, rawr. Oh, all right. Well, it sounds yeah. fun. No, it's it's definitely not. Um, anyway, so what we're going to do this episode, though, is Mark and I both have seen the film Joker. And are we going to are we going to spoil? Are we going to try to avoid spoilers for this? Well, I would say by the time this airs, it will have been out for nearly two weeks. So I would say if you give yeah. a warning saying spoilers coming now, let yeah. people pause it right here if they plan to go see it still. And return to it. And if not, you know, if they don't care, then they'll just keep listening. There you go. Hopefully many of our, hopefully many of our, uh, (laughs) I hate non-spoiler reviews because they're just like, this thing happened. That was cool. I can't tell you about it though. I agree. Now we, I think we just have to spoil it. Well, hopefully, you know, like most libertarian podcasts, I presume that most of our listeners are, uh, are violent incels who have seen Joker on the opening night dressed in full clown makeup. That's the audience we're going for. So I I sure hope so too. I, well, that's what we, that's what all our advertising is geared towards. Uh, yeah, so welcome to the show. We are going to break down Joker. We'll probably get into some other topics. I don't know. We debated we debated debating borders, which uh, maybe we'll get into that if we feel like it. We're maybe. debating, but de- debating. We're debating the debate on borders, but that might be better saved for another podcast. Well, I but, was all prepared for it, so let's at least do it. Maybe a teaser discussion. I prepared nothing on it, and well, I, I, I'm, I'm also, always prepared. Well, I also think it's funny though too. What you know, people are, I, cause on my last show I was just saying that, you know, you got borders and I think you, I think until you get rid of the welfare state, you do need borders. See, now we have to get into it now. Cause I can't no, let that statement go. later, but I was going to say people, right, well, let's just say that statement's ridiculous and wrong. All right. Well, uh, and then we I can leave it at that or you can get into it. That's your, well, we can we'll get into it later. <laughs> I, well, I don't, I don't even know if you know my, my full position on it. I don't, so, I was going to let you give it, but when we got into it, you don't want to agree on it, which is what I was so annoyed by with like the Facebook postings where people come out and be like, like you assholes don't even know what I'm arguing. So I didn't go into it. Well, fair just, enough. My plan was to let you fully describe your position first and then respond to it. So that was my, my eventual plan. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, we'll, 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 see, if, we'll see if we get into that later, okay. but first let's talk about a joker. And, uh, I will say that, you know, so the general plot, this is of course a Genesis story of Joker. And unlike the other movies, biblical it was alone. Yeah, it was it was biblical in nature in uh, in that there was a, a Mary character, you know, a Virgin Mary. Uh, I don't know, kind of. Um, no, it was, so it was the, the, the only standalone Joker film, other than maybe animated ones that I can think of. All the other Genesis Joker films were in the context of Batman. They were superhero comic book films de facto. And the director of this film, Todd Phillips, has you know he was known for. The Hangover. He was known for uh, old, you know, old school. He was known for only comedies up to this point. And so an interesting choice to helm this film. And he said he went out of his way. Number one, he left comedy because of all the woke assholes who ruined it. So I want to talk a little about that. And went into the make this comic book movie. And he said he wanted to make a comic book movie that was going to turn the comic book movie world on his head. And I think that he did that <laughs> effectively. It's certainly the most non-comic book movie feeling comic book movie of all time i would say yeah i mean if it weren't for a few references oh we already said we're spoiling so if it wasn't weren't a few a few references to you know bruce wayne and the batman mythology and, and they did actually tie that in together which i wasn't really expecting they tied it, it in beautifully by the way i was right. really impressed with the way they did that if it wasn't for that 
then you would never know this was a comic book movie. If it wasn't for that and wasn't called Joker, this could be this could be just a totally separate movie that's just about this guy who yeah. ends up being called the Joker. But the name is almost irrelevant to the story, and it's not. The story is great because it's not it's not really based at all on comic book canon. It's not. Uh, the Joker doesn't even have a necessarily clear origin in the comic book. Uh, this is nerd talk for you here. Uh, but I, uh, I really like wondering that because I, when I was watching this movie, I didn't know if you'd read the Batman comics because I was, I saw this, my wife, when we were leaving, I was like, I have no idea if any of that's from the, from the canon. If that was like something they created for this movie with the whole background, because the way it tied in was pretty fascinating where it's, you know, at, there's a point in the movie where you think that the Joker is Batman's brother. And I didn't know if that was in the comic books or not. I didn't know no. if any of this was related to explain why the Joker and Batman hated really, each other so n- much. None of the connection to Batman is remotely based on anything that's ever happened in comics. That's kind of what I liked about it, too. All right, so we're, we're jumping ahead a little bit. Um, I'm trying to think the best way to go through this. Should we go through it chronologically? Is that probably the easiest thing to do? Or do you want to go through thematic and just kind of hop all over? You know, and I'm it? a libertarian podcaster, not a movie reviewer. I have no idea the right way to do this. Well, I, if you don't have any of the South Park recaps, I just did another one with Dan Smots today of The System is Down. Uh, we do our recaps on South Park and we just kind of, we try to give an overview of the episode. So maybe I'll do a quick overview of the movie's beats and then we can just jump around from there. Lovely. So real quick, I'll try to break it down fast. Basically, you got Joker, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, who I thought did. I thought he was the best Joker since the number one best Joker of all time, never will be replaced, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, and if he, if Heath Ledger, which was awesome too, got a, um, by the way, I, this list will infuriate you. I found a list of the best Jokers, which didn't include Joaquin Phoenix, because I think it was Mark favorite. Hamill number one because woke dickheads made it. He wasn't number one, but he was higher than Jack Nicholson. What? <laughs> what? And Mark Hamill does do a great Joker, but he's not better than Jack Nicholson. This podcast is canceled. I'm That's canceling ridiculous. this podcast. I'm starting a new podcast called Jack Nicholson is the Best Joker. And every podcast is just me breaking down the original Batman again and again. With Jack Nicholson is the best. Joker. I mean, Jack and Nicholson's the best, Joker. best Batman. Jack Nicholson's the most entertaining Joker because he just dances the whole movie. And that's he's amazing. so fucking good. He's so great. It's just a nutball. And like, but, he's the best Batman. I think he's the best. I agree with that. But my best. Awesome. But my point being that uh, if hey Heath Ledger won an Oscar for his Joker, there is no excuse on the history of the planet for Joaquin Phoenix not to win an Oscar for this Joker because it's even better. Yeah, completely agreed. And I like that you can kind of imagine it as you can take it however you want. Like, I think they're saying it's not going to be tied into formally to any Batman movies, but you can yeah. easually take this as the origin of the Heath Leather, jo- Leather, excuse me, the Heath Leather, Red Heath Leather, Ledger. Red Leather, Yellow Leather. <laughs> you can, you can take this as the origin of the Heath Leather Joker, and that would transition <laughs> perfectly smoothly, except for some weird age differences with Batman. That might the happen. arsonist had strangely shaped feet. <laughs> you didn't the do human your torch. Was it I had a bank loan? The human <laughs> torch. I did warm. like three interviews before this. You think I'd be uh, warmed up? Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I was also wondering that too. And I was like, I think this will be a standalone film. I, I can't see how they're going to follow it up because this film was, it was very serious. Number one, it was a very serious film. It had some funny moments, but they were, I mean, there were funny moments, at least to me. I was the only one in the theater laughing at the funny moments, but I thought there were funny moments in it. Um, how amazing would it be to see this Joaquin Phoenix with like alongside Margot Robbie's uh, uh, Harley Quinn? I think that'd be awesome. I don't think fucking, they'll do that though. That'd be fucking tits. Well, I, well, at, at some point, actually, God, I'm getting, it's so hard to, to peg this down. All right, let me, let me do the synopsis and we'll go into it. Let me just give it an overview. I just like a bunch of, a series of side conversations that never getting to a point. Never that's, actually that's, that's, that's what I was hoping for. Well, that might be the way it works out. Like my episode with Karen Bird last week and Howie. Yes, that was very entertaining. That's always fun. Yeah, but no point ever happened there either. So maybe we can make it do it again. Car, yeah, Car. It's funny because if you when you speak with Car, I like did their podcast. Car shows his face to you when you're doing it on the Zoom, yes. and Bird just uses an icon because I think Bird is like the Elephant Man. 
But I've seen him in real life. And yeah, you're right. He is the elephant. There you go. (laughs) Put a bag on that fucker's head. So anyway, getting back to this real quick, I'll give you the overview. So you've got a very dark film. Joaquin Phoenix is the Joker. He is this clown character. He's kind of a, he's fucked up. He has a a condition where he laughs instead of crying or instead of being um, sociable. He laughs uncontrollably. So you start off with that. He's a clown in the street. He gets the shit kicked out of him. He loses a sign. That sends him in a spiral of getting fired from his job after he has a gun given to him for protection by this other fat clown, gets uh, canned from his job, so he's down and out. He's taking care of his mother, who you think is, you know, she's obsessed with Thomas Wayne. You find out that she thinks that Arthur, a.k.a. the Joker, is Thomas Wayne's son. And she's been telling him, she, she hasn't told him for years, but she's writing him letters. It ends up that Thomas Wayne is not, in fact, the Joker's father. We find this out after the Joker addresses Thomas Wayne after he gets kind of hits rock bottom goes and shoots three of the guys. You've seen it in the trailer where three asshole white guy Richies end up coming at him on a train. He murders those people and then is a wanted man, but he inspires them. I, I will I will object to the use of murder for at least one of the guys and possibly two of them. Because I agree. Oh, I think it's self-defense 100%. Yeah, the, first, just, the first one was definitely self-defense. Hold on, hold on. We okay, can get it down. Right. Let me just get through this so we can go back. Okay. I won't be able to get the overview just to, fine, in case fine, somebody, fine. in case people are like, you know what? I don't care. I'd rather, some people might listen to this and honestly, cause I know people who do this, they'd rather hear us, us review it first and then they're going to go watch it. So they probably need Okay. Well, if so, they haven't turned it off by now, then I don't know. What yeah, exactly. Tell them. So, so he quote, you know, murder or self-defense and kills these three guys, which inspires a movement of people to fight back against what they perceive as rich. So it's a kind of a class warfare thing. Now, Arthur still isn't owning up to this, but he goes through this, um, this finding out that our, that Thomas Wayne, Bruce, Bruce Wayne's father, maybe his father, per reading his mother's letter, she says that they had a love child and he is the son. He goes and confronts Thomas Wayne about it, finds out this is not true. He was, in fact, adopted. And Thomas Wayne tells him this and then punches him in the face. <laughs> but he goes and investigates, goes to Arkham Asylum. So they put Arkham in this finds his mother's records, finds that he was, in fact, adopted, that she was, in fact, committed and insane, that she was abusive, that she tied him to a radiator or her abusive boyfriend did as he it's beat the really shit fucked up. That's a real he finds that out. Oh, it's so dark. It's so dark. And so he gets the shit beat out of him as a child, and she gets the shit beat out of her, and she's such a psycho. And this was a very pertinent part of the movie, and I thought a genius thing is through this whole movie, he's laughing. And you don't know why this condition exists, but then you find out that she goes, oh, I never heard you crying. And it's because he as a child was beaten so badly and traumatized with these head wounds and everything else. He was laughing his way through this. And that's why he laughs for everything. So she never cried because he was laughing as he's getting the shit kicked out of him. So he then has this side story where he's obsessed with Robert De Niro's Tonight Show kind of host, right? Johnny Carson. He wants to be on the show. He wants to do stand-up comedy. He goes and finally does stand-up comedy, has this hallucinogenic side trip where he has a girl that lives in the building with him that's all supportive. None of that's true. Can I say I am an idiot because I didn't realize that that didn't happen until someone had to explain it to me. I, I was... Oh, I, oh, really? Oh, I was... Yeah. Un, I When it was happening... Well, again, hold on. Let me finish this. We'll go back. All right. And then we'll break, we'll break it down. We'll break it down. So he, he has this hallucinogenic thing where he, he thinks his comedy does well. The Tonight Show guy takes a clip, puts him on TV, and just embarrasses the shit out of him because he's so awkward. Meanwhile, I thought the, the one joke was very funny, which I'll talk about. Then they invite him to come on The Tonight Show. And in the background of this, all these Joker characters are rising up. There's kind of riots in the streets because they're you know, revolting against the, the elite. And he goes on The Tonight Show uh, with, with Robert De Niro. He dresses as the full Joker character. 
And he goes on there and his plan is to blow his own brains out with the gun he still has. But he goes on tonight's show. He goes out there. He's fully Joker now. He's come into this character. His mother dies or he actually ends up killing his mother because he finds out that she lied to him, was abusive, kills her, goes on the Tonight Show. And after telling people, I killed those guys and telling people, you know, fuck this, you left. And this is very, but again, a very powerful scene. Tell you, you know, I was this mentally, um, you know, I had a mental issues guy. I was a weirdo. You ignored me. You pushed me to the side. You told me I was shit. And this is what you get. And he shoots Robert De Niro in the fucking head, kills him right there. And then that's more or less the end of the movie. He ends up and he ends up in the asylum and he inspires a lot of these Joker characters to rise up. And the way it ends is he's in the asylum and we've got this revolution. Now, there's a lot more to this, which Mark and I are going to unpack, but that's the general arc of the story. They do leave it a little bit subjective at the ending because you could imagine that because that that lady in the asylum was the same exact lady that was his social worker. And you could imagine one interpretation might be that this entire movie was in his mind in the mental institution. Yeah, no, I agree. That is so that is why I would prefer not to interpret it that way. I would prefer that too. But I like that they leave it so you can kind of think whatever you want. Yeah. And it was the same lady. You can imagine she just got a new job at this other place and then you know he like Oh, for sure. Yeah. And she looked a lot better than when he was imagining her in the beginning. So yeah, because it starts off with him and him laughing hysterically in this social worker's office. And let me bring this up too, because this was something I read which annoyed the shit out of me. Uh somebody was like, Let's talk about the problem with black women in Joker. What? And yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And not and not pointing out the fact that, by the way, there's only about five characters in Joker. Right. And, and two of them, of them are black. Are women. black. <laughs> yeah, three of them are black, including his love oh, right, interest right, in yeah, the yeah. movie. So well, actually, I, well, only two are two major are black. One minor is a black woman. But and then so there's a lot of black people in the movie, is what I'm saying. And the lead black woman is Domino, which is his love interest. But before that, the social worker is black, right? So she's kind of trying to help. And they're paint, they're this article I read was trying to paint these women as like, they're all negative aspects. Like, like they're painting black women as evil. And that's why he becomes Joker, which none of that's fucking true. You'd have to be insane to think that. Well, these are Huff Poe writers. So they are all fucking. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. They're, they're woke sane. It's woke sanity. I mean, so, all movies are open to interpretation, but that's really taking things that are literally not even there at all. And just that and making it up. And, and if anything, you'd go, isn't it great that they're casting so many black actors in this? If you're on that side, like this is a wonderful thing that his, his love interest is black. The social worker trying to help him is black. I mean, if anything, it shows that his, his fantasy about this woman was about a black woman. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he's not racist, at least. That's what we know about the joke. Right, exactly. Yeah. So it starts off, though, with, you know, it's a, the movie kind of walked the line between some of that I, I, I can side with and some of it was a little annoying, wokey bullshit. I mean, obviously, they talk about cutting social services, which is how he loses access to his meds and uh, his psychiatry. And that was right in the beginning. They kind of, or they, well, pretty early in the beginning, they cut him off. So, I really don't like the implication that it was only because he goes off his meds that like makes him go to this extra yeah. level of madness. It was almost like an, a subtle ad for the pharmaceutical industry, which really bothered me too. Yeah, it's a baked in presumption. Yeah, and also that so many people that do the heinous kind of crimes, which people were worried that Joker would inspire, when of course none happened. Um, they were, you know, all those people that are on it are typically they're prescribed psychotropic drugs. It's not that they're off their meds. It's that right. they are on their meds. Right. And that's why and if they, they go off the meds drastically, they can also have problems. So they're kind of in a messed up situation where if they don't get off these meds in a, in a, in a good way, you know, in a, in a progressive way, not to use that term, but, um, <laughs> then, you know, they're going to have major problems. And that is why we have a lot of like, you know, violence and such. I'm convinced of it because they over prescribe this stuff like mad to children, to children. Yeah. 
Yeah, but also, I mean, you know, the movie, they they got this character where it's, you know, you think at the beginning, he's just a, night, a nutball who's kind of been beaten down by life, and that's why he's going to do these horrible things. And two of the themes, number one, did you, they had the whole resist thing. They have the, the, the class warfare thing, right? They had uh, Thomas Wayne essentially is Trump in this. And there was subtle, but not subtle. Like they had resist signs. They had Wayne is a fascist signs. That kind of pissed me off just because it was too obvious that these guys still going fuck Trump. I'm like, look, I, I don't, I don't need that. And Thomas Wayne was a little too tropey for me, at least at he first. It, tur- it turned out he had a little more nuance to his character, but at first he just seems like this, you know, aloof elitist who, who yeah. sort of like gives the standard Republican lines of, well, the poor people just got to pick thing, pick, pick themselves yeah. up and get off there. And it's like, uh, it's just, it was just very, very tropey, but he turned out to have a little more nuance than that too. So, you know, it's okay. Yeah, he did. Not a lot, but by that, I just mean he punched him in the face and it was awesome. <laughs> It was really funny. Because you almost start to not dislike Thomas Wayne. Because like, what's interesting about relating this to Batman mythology is that you never really, at least as far as I know, I mean, I have, obviously there's been 70 years of Batman comics, 80 years, but I've never really heard or seen of any, any much deep diving into detail about the Wayne family. It's just, yeah. all you know is, you know, Bruce is sad that his parents died and you know, you know they're rich. And that's like the extent of it that it ever, you know, anyone ever gets into it. So it was interesting to see them explore aspects of, you know, you know, of this character of Thomas Wayne or Bruce's father that we've just never seen explored before, where in yeah. this case, he's causing sort of, he's an essential figure in Gotham city and he's causing a lot of these problems, not causing them, but he's, you know, they're surrounding him, uh, yeah. the sort of class warfare issues that are going on, which ties directly into the Joker's origin. So yeah. they really did it really in a really interesting way to tie everything together. Yeah. And I also like the way that they tied in. They still have the iconic scene with the, the parents walking down the alleyway with Bruce and the clown shoots him. Now it's not the Joker. It's a Joker inspired by which Arthur. I liked. I like that they didn't make it so simple as to have the Joker be the one that kills his parents. Yeah, I did too. I, I like that a lot better. But like you were talking about, so some of the things you know, from as, from a libertarian's perspective, like I said, it, it did annoy me a little bit of the, the wokeism, but what did you think overall of the, you know, uh, the whole rich versus poor, you know, that the rich are the rich, are the rich and they, they don't give a shit about the poor and the poor are kept downtrodden. I, you know, on some level, obviously I agree with that. I'd like to see that disparity drop. But on the other hand, I don't think just saying you're rich and this is what you get, you know, fuck the rich, you get what you get uh, without addressing the issues that exist, which is, which of course nobody wants to ever talk about the movies, but they don't talk about the crippling taxes. They don't talk about regulation. They don't talk about slums caused by government. They don't talk about, you know, over policing or anything like that. So what do you think of that overall message though, of fuck the rich, which is prevalent in the movie? Sure. And uh, I, I guess it, it really does play into the, the whole origin of the Joker. So I, I see why they did it. And I, but I, I guess the problem where, with all this up with this stuff and whenever it's in a movie is that it's always just so basic and tropey and it doesn't really yeah, dive into the underlying issues. Uh, it kind of makes me think of like the big short, which was that a Todd Phillips movie, by the way? It might have been. I'm not sure. I don't I'm gonna, think gonna so. live Google the big short director. Oh, that's Adam McKay. I confused them. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, McKay is ultra lefty. Yeah. So, but, but the big short, I thought it was a really good movie, but it kind of just has this basic assumption of that the depression happened because bankers are greedy and the right. Happened. Yeah. Not and the government never mentions, and loans and backing loans. Not, and, yeah. not a single mention. And it doesn't make the movie wrong, but it, like every time I, I've only seen it one time, but that time I was like, this is a good movie. I like everything I'm seeing, but it bothers me that I know about this thing that it's just not even, it's not even referenced. And it's just like, how do you leave out the entire well, cause of it? That's, so what the, that's, that's, that's like every left uh, point ever though, is they take that one clip Clip, and they take the context out that call like whatever was before they take that part out and they just That's give you true. like here was the shit that they did and they're like now nah, here's now nah, here's why here's what led up to this shit that we right. don't want to tell you you know 
it's cancel culture culture summed up. We just take one little, you know, yeah. three words of what you said once, and then we we tell and you now you're banking is evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, precisely. Uh, so yeah, anyway, keep going. I, I mean, obviously, Joker is a, a, a completely fiction as opposed to the Big Short, which is a semi nonfiction or something. But I, I think the same thing. It's like, yeah. I, issues of class warfare and the rich and the poor are real. Like there's probably maybe many legitimate reasons for many who are poor to be uh, to resentful of people who are rich, depending who they are. Uh, yeah. You shouldn't be resentful of the people that worked really hard, started a business and, you know, made lives better for so many people that they voluntarily give them their money and they become really rich. You shouldn't be resentful of those people. Uh, you should be resentful of people that get into power, uh, get in bed with government, create situations which keep people more poor, uh, create programs which keep people more poor, uh, create regulations which make it really difficult to start your own businesses, uh, make education so expensive that you can't get ahead. Uh, all these things, but of course, these things are never discussed in any, in any of these situ- situations, whether they're uh, fiction works or non-fiction works. These are glossed over and it's taken as a basic presumption that the rich are rich because they're evil and the poor are poor because the rich are evil. <laughs> and that, that's yeah. as far as it ever gets. Yeah. I don't think I've seen any movies that go uh, much deeper into things than that. So I didn't expect no. anything more here, but it, you know, same old, same old, I guess. I guess I'm so used to it that it didn't, it didn't bother me as much as it might, as it maybe it should have. Yeah. I, well, I'll tell you one thing that did annoy the crap out of me, though, is a little bit like, so the Joker gets a gun given to him by this guy. He later ends up killing and deservedly so, I guess. Kind of. was coming to kill him it seemed maybe it did, i don't know I, I maybe he was maybe he wasn't i have he seen was that like, guy you're not gonna tell him movie. you're gonna tell him what the, you need to tell him right he was yeah, like being all tough buddy, guy with him you're my buddy yeah i uh, was that surprised. was a crazy fucking scene though he a guy gets murdered right in front of a midget and the midget goes off scot-free though so don't worry the funny thing about joker is like every murder i'm kind of expecting in a way like yeah. you know when i first see those rich guys i'm expecting them him to kill them when i first well they're the him, biggest fucking trope ever by the way yeah, it's that, like and i love how they now yeah, you gotta make sure. Now they the, the people that initially jump him are a bunch of like younger kids, like Hispanic and black kids that beat him up at first. But then of course oh, right. on the train, it's gotta be three like the whitest, yuppiest, uh rich guys the you three, know. Your 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 image of a just a New York Wall Street yeah. douchebag. Three Which isn't isn't that a negative stereotype? Uh, not I'm not saying that indeed. to say that like white people should be mad that this is them as a stereotype, but should, realistically, can, one of those guys would have been gay in real life. Guy, yeah, can a black guy or a gay guy be up in there giving this clown shit on the train? I want to see a gay bully in a, in a movie once. Get an East Indian in there. Well, it's like I, I have a screenplay. I um one of my my uh, called Gay scripts. Bully by Brian McWilliams. Gay Bully, and he, instead of giving you wet willies, he gives you wet willies. Oh, I hope you know what I mean. I hope that's um, a really bad joke you just came up with. Yeah, right on the Not spot. A real plot point. <laughs> no, no, it's a, no. That's this. Oh, joking me up. No, but I have a gay character in it though, and this is actually based off, oddly enough, a Pat Oswald throwaway line. But he's like, you know, I just want to see a dumb, a really stupid gay guy one time because every trope against gay guys is they're always like. So smart, so sassy. And it's just like, I just want to fucking dumb as a brick. Just dumb as a goddamn brick. <laughs> you know, have it, have some fun with it. I also have a, a, a black goth in the script. I like it. Right. Which is breaking, fun. Breaking called stereotypes. Mid, called, called Midnight. You're going to get our culture truly woke, finally. <laughs> oh, it'll be me that sets the, the powder kickoff. But yeah, so it, yeah, the three whitest, tropiest fucking rich, you know, rich guys, yuppie douches that, of course, are just being the such... That, it, that scene annoyed me because it was so cliche like just so no like on a train a guy's what laughing, you laughing at clown and of course like, they're trying right. to like half half molest a hot chick and throwing french fries to be like hey he's trying to talk to you in a train he's throwing french fries you don't like him it's like and of course you know, they're the, does this of course this car is only them the joker and this chick obviously. naturally no one else naturally that yeah 
In New York. Yeah, at prime time. And if you're leaving the bars. Any time of night, that never happens in New York. You're never, there's always a billion people. <laughs> yeah, you're never alone in a car ever. If nothing else, there would have been one homeless guy jerking off in the corner of that car. Although it's not New York, it's Gotham. So maybe things. You like that sneak attack ad? Mid-sentence, baby. Mid-word. Sneak attack ad. To remind you guys that you can go and listen to many other libertarian podcasts, but none that are as good, well, ours is better, but none that are second to ours as good as Free Man Beyond the Wall from our buddy, our pal, our triple-named threat, the three-named threat of formerly Mance Raider, formerly Pete uh, Raymond, and now Pete Quinonez, uh, which I'm definitely saying his name wrong every single time. Uh, Baxter, I don't speak Spanish, but anyway, go check out Freeman Beyond the Wall at the same website, freemanbeyondthewall.com. Again, freemanbeyondthewall.com. You can find it anywhere podcasts are available, but you can listen to Pete spout libertarian wisdom as well as interview fascinating people in the liberty movement and outside of it. Don't just live your life through liberty memes, which of course Pete is also known for. Make sure to check out his podcast as well. Again, that is Free Man Beyond the Wall. They're different in Gotham. Yeah, Gotham's a little different, I suppose. But anywho, yeah, getting back on track. So yeah, the whole this would be a good part to talk about the, the self-defense issues of, of that. Yeah, of that yeah, yeah. Go for it. Uh well, yeah. So people in the, every description I see of the movie just says Joker murders these three dudes. And I mean, okay, so what first happens, they start pushing him and they start laughing in his face, and they start like beating the shit out of him. Like they're 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 I mean, essentially and, his life is threatened. And before that, they're they're literally they're throwing french fries and harassing a woman who's looking right. to him for help. So if anything, you could even say before that he'd be justified in stepping in. Oh, sure. Yeah, he could have said he could have, you know, if they got more violent with her, I mean they were just kind of fucking with her. But yeah, you yep. could definitely see a, a point of intervention being allowed on behalf of, of others, even there yeah. from a from a libertarian standpoint. But yeah, then he's he of course starts laughing because it's how he deals with stress. So he was upset seeing this happen to the girl, but he was just you know, distressed about, over it. So he starts laughing. So they get that, that brings them attention to this clown who's laughing at them. And that's when they go, you know, start to beat the shit out of him. Girl runs away. And then it, I, as I was starting to say before, every murder, every time he kills someone, like in my mind, I, f- following the plot, I'm like, oh, he's going to kill them. But it still surprises me because just the way they do it and the way they shot it, shoot it, they always get to catch you off guard with it. So yeah. uh, the shoots the his first guy straight to the head. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, and then um, so the first guy, 100 percent libertarian self-defense. I mean, that oh, guy, yeah, they were sure. all on him like he was probably going to get killed reason it's reasonable to think he his life was in danger so that i would say the guy hold i would say the guy holding him as well certainly and, and then He's holding so, him from behind so then yeah then he kills i think he kills that guy or one of the other guys Yeah, he kills that guy shoots the third one in the leg and then that one gets away for a minute but then they hop out of the cars and uh joker chases him down and, and kills that last guy now the last guy all right I, I, you can't really say that self-defense at this point yeah. clearly he was running away injured no longer a threat to you um, but you still didn't feel that. No, you certainly enjoyed it. He was the piggiest. He was the piggy face, curly headed one. So you really wanted him to die. Right. So, uh, but there's, of course, none of that is in the, in the, in the, in the media, the stories that come out. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about within the plot of the movie now, it's just, it's just these three guys got murdered. Yeah. Yeah. They, they painted, that yeah, was... exactly. They're painting it as though, okay, this is a psycho and he has a gun. Oh, that's the one thing I want to talk about too. So when and he, he has gets, a gun and he okay. has a gun, because when they get, when he gets the gun, right. You know, they have Arthur, AKA the Joker, uh, before he becomes a joker in this clown college, whatever their clown hiring place, this big guy gives him a gun to protect himself. And he goes, he's like, you have a gun. He's like, you're not supposed to have a gun. It's kind of like over 
just this over right. the top like why were you carrying a worst, gun around guns are the worst thing in the world now in fairness you might not want to have a gun if you're working as a clown in a children's hospital but right. uh, actually, well, I, I would argue you should be allowed to carry one in defense then. I, but, you know. I agree. What if somebody comes in and tries to kill all those kids? Well, depending on what ward you're in, the kids might not have much time anyway. It's I mean, a little redundant. Frankly, you know, he was probably justified in firing him just because he, they, you would lose a ton of clients if a oh, clown dropped sure. the gun. So sure. uh, from a libertarian standpoint, I, I guess I have no issue with the firing. But I, I don't like the extra demonization of just, why do you have a gun? What are you doing with a gun? Yeah. This is clearly the most evil thing you could have. Right. And and Arthur being so shocked that this other guy Meanwhile, has a gun. The cops chasing the Joker got guns. Yeah. <laughs> so what the heck? So they well they well a cop shoots a random guy uh, in, that was innocent and called blood on the train. That's true. He just ends up shooting uh, one of the clowns while the Joker's trying to escape them towards the end of the movie. By the way, that cop, which really, I guess, shouldn't shock me for cops, even fictional cops, but that the, the least safe gun safety ever. He's in a packed train just holding his gun with his oh, finger yeah. on the trigger. Like, that is like, so not down. what you're supposed to do at all. But, yeah. you know, I guess it might not be that inaccurate. Yeah. Absurd. Of Absurd. But, yeah, it's totally, like I said, it's, you know, the media paints this as like, oh, there's this psycho character who's going around murdering people. The Joker does not murder anybody except with the exception of one person. And that's De Niro at the end. Uh, otherwise, oh, and, 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 well, he has, yeah. and he justifies that in a, in a way which we'll, we'll get to in a second. But he doesn't. Oh, he, he does murder the guy. I mean, I don't know. I guess you could possibly call that maybe self defense because the guy seemed like he was about to get tough with him. But the, when his friend came over to, you know, talk oh to yeah, him, it was giving the biz. But that guy also. I mean, yeah, I guess it wasn't self defense. That's true. That was just revenge because the big uh, the big guy who one. gave him the gun initially set him up and then kind of ratted him out and got helped to get him fired. And then they came over later because. When the guy sensed it was coming back to him, he went over and there's a sense that maybe he was going to try to strong arm him, but you don't really know. But Joker kills him with a with a pair of scissors. But as far as <laughs> shooting a people, brutally violent scene. Holy shit! It was very violent. But overall, though, the Joker is not a character who is simply killing to kill. Sure, uh, well, yeah. maybe at the very at the very end, he apparently kills a social worker because he's walking away with footsteps of blood, but we don't see it, so it's hard to to know if he's imagining that or not or whatever. And that, at that point, he's fully the Joker, you know, because I think once right. once he kills De Niro, he has fully embraced that he is now he is no longer uh, Arthur. He is this person, this thing, this entity named the Joker, and he right. makes that clear. He actually tells De Niro's character, he's like, "Hey, I want you to actually introduce me. Don't use my name. Use use yeah, Joker. Joker." He's like, "You call me a Joker, right?" Because it was the, what De Niro used to. Uh, to mock him when they yeah. had played a clip of his stand-up comedy. That's how he ended up getting on the show. And um, yeah, so I think that was that was sort of signified his transformation. Like I'm not Arthur Fleck no longer exists. There's only this Joker now who is just a reflection of all the evil that society has has put upon him. There is no Dana only Zool. <laughs> so yeah, but oh, but again, overall though, throughout the film, for the most part, like even after he kills Zool, he doesn't go and kill the other two people on stage. He doesn't kill the Ed McMahon guy. He doesn't kill was that was that by the way, was that Dr. Ruth? I thought so, but then I, I think was like, is. is Dr. Ruth alive? Yeah, I think that was old-ass Dr. Ruth. that He makes out with her on stage. Yeah, yeah, that was hilarious. Old-ass Dr. Ruth. Actually, and, her, comeback. and I think it was like, because, yeah, she is, I guess she's alive, but she's way older than that. She's so I think they did that digital old. thing. Yeah, they just done that digital thing because she's been alive since she was like, she's like literally almost 100. She's, she's, she was yeah, born she's in 1928. Ancient. ancient. So, so like, no way, that was, must have been the, when they do the thing of, uh, you know, taking old video and making them look young. Yeah, may, yeah, maybe so. But, but no, overall though, like I said, he doesn't go on a, you know, he doesn't go on some massive killing spree. Even after he kills the first three, you'd think that would be where he gets like the taste for blood and becomes this right. psychotic incel. Because he is in, in, in incel. He's a guy that cannot get laid. He's a guy that has porno in his joke book. Like you see multiple times, they make an emphasis that he has porno pictures in his notebook, right? Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, I mean, he it's has efficient fantasies. to keep it all in one place. Yeah, I mean, it, if write I'm, a joke and you're like, what's on this page? Oh, hello. If I can't laugh while I'm coming, I'm not coming. All right. It's my law. <laughs> so this will go on the that, cop reel of things that uh, don't allow you to run for office. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm never running for office. Impossible. <laughs> Unless this world becomes a crazy different place. Hey, uh, Trump, and, Trump has said some things on tape, too, and he's, he's doing okay. That's true. Well, if the collapsitarians have their way, I'll definitely run for some sort of local be office. Our, our emperor. Say, yeah, tall. I can see over my my walls. Um, but no, but also the insult thing, you know, it's like he has these fantasies about, as we were talking about earlier, this black chick who was Domino in Deadpool, um, Deadpool 2. Oh, that's why you call her Domino. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. Domino. She's uh, she's kind of cute. I like her. Yeah. I wouldn't say she, no. Yeah. I wouldn't say I would no. say yes, Domino. Let's yes. say. I know. Welcome no, to my Mark, life. If you're going to do it, you got to go, Domino, bitch. And then she just fucks you oh, right there. That's more your style, I guess. But. Well, you know, whatever works. You gotta know, you gotta, you know, you gotta know your audience. So Domino has a little kid, and there's a scene where he had Mark got Mark got taken in, taken taken out the rabbit cool. hole of fantasy. I thought he was reminiscing. Well, <laughs> I I bought it, and Sandy bought it too. She didn't realize it until they revealed it. For me, I was watching it, and because basically he meets this chick on the elevator, and they have no prior relationship that you know of, and then all of a sudden, after he gets, he goes and but they and do live down this, the hall, so you can imagine they had had other interactions possibly. You don't really, yeah, but he's such a fucking weirdo. Yeah. And he does, and he like blows his brain out to her, and she's like, "Yeah, oh, okay." And it's like a really weird scene because he just holds it, he like blows his brain out, and then just sits there staring at her, pretending he's dead for ten seconds, and she's like, "Okay, I gotta go." So then later on, you have this scene where, and this is happening in his mind, you find out later. But he goes up and he knocks on her door after it's been raining, and he opens the door and he just makes out with her. She's like, "Yes, come on in, gross old cigarette skinny well, man." Yeah, clown before freak. that, before that, there was a scene where he follows her and like watches her like get, put her oh, right. send her son to school. And I this really should have been the indication because I remember when that's so that, after that there's a scene where she comes to his apartment. And yeah. She's like, "So were you following me?" And he's like, "Yeah." And she's like, and then she's like. They keep talking and they're like, and she invites him to a comedy show. And she's like, yeah, let me know. And I'm yeah. like, no chick would be cool with you <laughs> exactly. following her. Even if she like thought you were some handsome guy she liked, it would still creep her out. Right. So the fact right. that it was this weirdo following her and she seemed okay with it really should have been my indication that it was totally a fantasy because I was thinking that was weird. I thought it was weird yeah. writing. I'm like, how could the, but then I guess it was intentional. So well, I, I, I said I had, I had deep suspicions uh, that I was being fight clubbed as I'll call it. Um, and that was, but it was based on that. I was like, I was like, this does not make sense that this chick could be going along with this. It doesn't make sense that they're like, he's in a pod and she's there with him. I was like, none of this is adding well, up. Uh, you know, when they're walking around on the street, which I, you know, later turned out to be not true. Yeah. Um, she had some comment, like they saw some article about the Joker and she's like, I think they deserved it. Those guys, you know, right, yeah. you know I think, I think he's a hero. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah. it's on. He's rock hard. Yeah, so that was a little strange. And then you find out later, of course, they do the fight club thing where it's him in the scenes and she's not there. And you just say, ah, okay. Yeah, Which I go. didn't get somehow because I'm that oblivious. <laughs> you missed it. Yeah, so, but the same thing, you know, you're saying though, he's got these fantasies. So they're, it's, they're very much painting him as the incel character that the media loves to paint as, and, and you know, there's truth to it, as the killers, as the psychopaths. But you do see the two sides of it. You know, I think they did a good job of portraying a very troubled character and how society can push them to the side, how they can, you know, overlook them, uh, how they can treat them like shit, how they're not getting the help that they may need, how they're maybe not getting the parenting that they need. And of course it was also a broken home. 
Yeah, I think it does a good job of showing showing you why this person is how they are, making you understand them. But I don't think, you know, somebody I saw the movie with uh, said something about like, they, they didn't think it was good that they showed the Joker as the hero and who, who was like a murderer. And I was like, I really don't think they're showing him as a hero no. just because you can understand. Like if I watch a documentary about Hitler and I understand why he became Hitler, it doesn't make Hitler's actions heroic or make him the hero. It makes him the main character of the story. Wait, like Arthur is clearly the main character, but they don't portray him as a hero. At no point do they portray his... Let me say something right here because I love what okay. you just said. And that oh, well, just, wonderful. Well, using, using, I just like it's his analogy. Yeah, exactly. The only way you'd find him a hero, right, is if you are on the left hand, wokest side of things where you're like, he's a hero because he's a class warrior, right? right that would be right, the justification. Right. So maybe that is, maybe that was her perspective. <laughs> right. Which might have been it, right? Which might have been, and, and that, yeah. which is like, which is like if you're a socialist and you're like, well, Hitler was a hero. You know, like that because because he put socialism in a place. And there's really no hero in this movie. There's no unflawed character. I mean, the, I mean, the, the only characters we see uh, the yeah, I mean, there's I guess maybe the chick down the hall seems like a good character, but she's not really central to the movie because she's mostly yeah. his imagination. So I wouldn't say there's any hero like every character is flawed. Uh, yeah, maybe the social worker seems fine. But, you know, right, I mean, yeah. his mother's uh, his not mother's a hero. His Thomas up. Wayne is, you know, not really a hero. He's just kind yeah. of part of the you know building the infrastructure of the story. So uh, there's no hero. Maybe that's one of the messages. There's not always a hero uh, yeah. there. Sometimes they're just tragedy and tragic things that happen to people and understanding why they happen doesn't justify the tragic things that unfold from them. Right. Yeah. But it's, but it definitely makes you think about how these things can be prevented. And, you know, I'll tell you, so in the, oh, let me skip ahead and just say, so in the end, he, it, when he shoots De Niro, right, he goes on the show, De Niro invites him back on the show, the happy smiley, or whatever the fuck show it is. He goes back on the show and that's where he has this moment where he's getting, De Niro's kind of goading him into doing jokes and he knows he's, you know, he's just on there to being mocked. And he admits that he killed these guys, but he gets into it with De Niro. De Niro's question was like, why do you, why do you murder those guys? Why do you kill these people? And blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, of course, Arthur's character, the Joker, he's like, you only brought me on here to make fun of me. And then he talks about how, you know, he's mentally ill. He was overlooked. He was told he was trashed by society and pushed aside. He's like, you know, he's like, what do you get me across a mentally ill person with you? Know, like a loner. And that is very, prominent in what we're looking at right now in society you've got the characters that are doing these type of things like the people that are shooting they have one thing in common and i think anybody can agree with this that's being honest they have one thing in common and it's that they are absolutely fucking alone they are absolutely alone yeah and that's what he i think they don't have fathers or they had a father that left them early like just like the joker yeah or they're just and they're just they don't have friends arthur is on drugs of some kind pharmaceuticals just like the joker Isolated now, granted, you know, this is before social media when this film takes place, which is probably back in like 1950 or not, probably 1970, let's say it takes place roughly in the time period. But, you know, now it's like you got social media, but still that isolates people further. And in this movie, too, you see that there's only one guy he lets live in the movie, and it's the midget. And he goes, You're the, oh, you're the one of the very few people that was kind to me. And that is why I'm nice to everybody I work with, even if I might secretly not like them that much, because when they come to shoot up the workplace, I'm going to be like, hey, I was nice, remember? And they're going to be like, yeah, you were pretty nice to me. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. Not because I like them. It's because I just don't want them to shoot. Well, Mark, remember I I recorded a 40-minute bonus podcast that I was, that then I was so, I was like, blitzed, super fucking I'm disappointed we didn't let at least us hear it. 
Well, I, but I you probably couldn't trust us because then we probably I, I, couldn't couldn't trust, I couldn't trust you. No, I couldn't trust you. But I recorded probably. the entire podcast, and it was like a forty-minute podcast of me just like, uh, like, old, like an old sea captain alone, lost at sea, like talking about the white whale. But Can I'll you check you, your recycle bin and see if it's there. I, maybe I, I will. Maybe it's coming. still there. But I'll tell you the topic of the episode, and it actually is perfect for this. The topic that I want to talk about was uh, kindness and being kind. Because I feel like, especially a libertarian. No, seriously, hear me out. I'm only laughing, picturing you drunkenly telling people to be kind. Oh, it was ridiculous. <laughs> I know, especially, yeah, especially me. Drooling on a microphone. Let's be kind to each other. No, but especially in libertarian circles, right? It's like, you know, I feel like people can really be assholes to each other. Granted, we're nothing like the woke left, but people can really be assholes going after each other for nonsense. Meanwhile, a lot of us are probably loners. But I was just tell, talking about, you know, I think about my own past. I, you know, growing up, I had a lot of, I, I lived in the kind of like daywalker world of I had like, I had some popular friends. So, you know, funny guy. I had some nerdy friends. And the reason I had some of these friends that were really. I, I floated nerds. between groups sort of as well. Yeah. Well, good. I, I, I intermingled with all, but I wasn't like in one. Well, I know neither was I, neither was I. I and I, that's why I prefer it. But I'll tell you the reason I became friends with some of these people, um, the Matt Mullies of the world, which I'm sure he's never going to listen to this, but you know, a guy that we know that we became friends with, who's definitely not all there. Um, but I became friends with some people that were very much not the people I would necessarily have become friends with <laughs> voluntarily, I guess. But sometimes you see people and you go, that person is fucking alone. And, and I mean, dead serious. I'm not going to name their, their specific names, but there's two people that immediately come to mind. But I saw them. I was like, these fuckers are alone, man. They are so alone. No one's talking. No one's hanging out. And I made it a point to reach out and become friends with these people. And, and I became just horrified that, and took their own lives. <laughs> Not immediately. After a couple of years, slowly. Yeah, uh, it takes. It's a slow drip approach. I like to use. Did you make any of them libertarians? That's the important thing. Um, I one of them became a lawyer, so I can take credit for that. Mm. Rico? <laughs> not Rico. No, no, not the Rico origin story revealed. Rico, I did. You know, I, I feel Rico somewhat falls in that. I looked over. There's a slobbering fucking mess of a human being. I was like, oh, that fucker needs a friend. Yeah. No, but I honestly, I'm not. I know this sounds. It's going to sound more egotistical than it should, but I. But I'm telling you the complete truth. Uh, and I see this a lot, but I just think people need to do, they really need to take that time and be fucking kind and take a moment and talk to people, especially now when we're all just looking at our goddamn phones. We're looking you know, we're so concerned with all that we're have going on social media. All you put out is straight bullshit of your best life. And it's just, I don't know. I can see why these guys are what they are. And the Joker movie is just more of that. Yeah. I, I agree. Be kind, especially uh, to other libertarians or even or and I shouldn't say especially to other libertarians, maybe the opposite, especially to people who don't agree with you and have a different view on things. And you might think correctly that their views are evil or lead to evil. But the fact is, most of the people you encounter in, in your day to day life are not deeply immersed in political philosophy. Right, yeah. They just heard some catchphrases and they want the best for people, too. They just think you know, they hear medical care for all. And they think, well, of course, I want medic medic care. I want care for everybody. Why wouldn't I? They don't have any deeper perception of it. Most of them, a lot of them do advocate it for it and do know what they're talking about. Uh, and those people you're allowed to just like, if you really get, get them. them! <laughs> uh, but for the most part, I mean, it's, it's mostly, I'm not just gonna say it's only a lack of understanding. Some people do come to understand what you're saying and uh, they just say, no, I want the government to do it. So, you know, I'm not saying everyone needs to be always uh, given love and kindness and uh, that sort of thing. But well, actually I am, I am saying that even if they disagree with you, you need to send that to, towards people because you're going to get what you send out back. So if you are right. sending hate to people, you're going to end up inviting hate and that's just not a good way to live. But we are really getting into deep, some deep stuff now. Well, you know, it's, I think that this movie should inspire some of that and, 
you know, hopefully it, it inspires some people to rethink about how they deal with people and how they talk to people. And, you know, there's something where, you know, the concept of uh, you get what you deserve or you get what's coming to you kind of thing. There's a little bit of that, which, uh, you know, the whole golden rule thing. Sure, and like Robert and course, De probably doesn't deserve to be murdered, but you almost but, started to feel, well, I don't know. The, the last scene you could kind of break down either way because he, he did start to seem more human in the last scene as well. You know, he yeah. seemed genuinely concerned with the murders and talking to him about it. And, uh, you know, he's, he came out of that character who was just boisterous and making fun of, of yeah. Arthur. But, you know, you also got the feeling of like, well, you were, you, you did bring him here to mock him. Like, right. Yeah. For that sole purpose and encouraged him and let, let him go on and argued for him to right. go out in the clown makeup because you knew it would it just was, be a it was spectacle. Only when you realize how serious his despair was and that he really was this murderer that you really yeah. got concerned. But maybe the point is we should show more kindness and concern before we get to that point. Exactly. Well, that's the entire, yeah, that's the entire concern. And um, I'm trying Were to think the of the only reviewers else. to say that Joker sends a message of kindness. <laughs> we might be. Well, I mean, fuck man. It, at the end of the day, it, it does. I, or at least it should, it shouldn't send a message of kindness, but it should elicit a response of, kindness just kind of like you know in uh billy madison <laughs> another very serious film uh billy madison you've got uh well, what's his face uh, what were hideous. the most influential movies in your life uh billy Wait. madison and the joker who's the who's the hideous i got a th- bug-eyed monster that's a great actor and i love him steve buscemi oh yeah so yeah. you got steve buscemi's character in there and billy madison bullied him and he goes back and apologizes to the guy later in life and you've got steve buscemi who's got a kill list and he's and he's polishing a sniper rifle while putting on lipstick so in that way, it should make people rethink how they're treating people uh, and, and also just how certain segments of society are pushed to the side, the loners. And again, Joker makes a point of saying he is a loner that is you know weird and abnormal. And because of that, he was pushed to the side, unworthy of love. And if any of says that, all I want is some love. I think that Thomas Wayne, his father, he says that in the bathroom. I just yeah. want a fucking hug. I just yeah. want a hug. And he gets you know? a punch in the face. He gets a punch <laughs> in the face for his trouble. But knowing Thomas, Thomas Wayne, Wayne, though, he should have punched him in the face. Knowing his perspective, that was totally fine. I mean, it was warranted. Joker had gone to his gone to his house. He had touched I, his son's face. How stupid! Creepily. How much of a little fucking tard is Bruce Wayne? By the way, yeah, why he's did like, he let him grab you? That's yeah, he's like he's got this creepazoid. He puts a clown nose on and then yeah. dances around outside your gate with flowers uh, from a cane. And you're like, well, I should definitely go close to this guy so he can put his fingers yeah. in my mouth. I'm not saying I was the smartest kid, but I think I would have been creeped out by a weird clown guy at my house. Not like, yeah. not like who? Who's this guy? Flowers? <laughs> who's who's this weird-ass skinny... skinny and it's a, the guy looks like Joaquin fucking Phoenix. He is For Christ's sake, do we need to say more? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> true. All true. I, I, I'm <laughs> curious how you would respond to this objection, because I know this is what I'm going to get sometimes from people that they'll say, well, this is why... First of all, I hate when people cite fictional works for this is why we should do anything, but whatever. <laughs> they'll be like, well, this is why we can't defund. This is why you got to have the government you know, funding yeah. uh, you know, mental health services and and such. And I mean, look, if, if the government was only going to fund... I don't know. I'm not going to defend any government spending, but I, I can see when you, if you create the conditions for mental illness all around the world, and then the only thing you cut out of the system is, is funding that. I don't want to fund anything. I want to create a system where you don't need the government doing these things. But yep. um, I think that's the argument you will hear from people often. Yeah, perhaps. But, but like you're saying though, it's also when you look at the, when you look at the rates, like, I mean, the VA is a perfect example of just the rates of which people actually get treatment, the rates at which now we see suicide rates are insanely high, despite the the VA having psychiatric health programs and all this other shit. Then you see the reports that come out where the VA lies about the results. They lie about how many appointments they're making. So it's so utterly corrupt. We go, you look at any, any honest person can look at the system run government and say, this is completely unworkable. Yeah. Let the private industry, let, let people put that money 
give it to let people take tax breaks, eliminate the tax breaks, let, let private charity thrive. There's no fucking way the government should be running shit. And the incentives that that make it, you know, more economically incentivizing for women to have a, no father in the home. So then you don't have as exactly. many jokers where the kids are, you know, metaphorically at least, you know, ignored and, and you know, don't have a father figure. And, you know, that often can send people down this path of loneliness through life when you were just, were, you're lonely from the beginning. You don't have a father from the beginning and that's how you yeah. learn to live. And then you never learn anything different until, you know, I, obviously most people don't turn out like the joker or like a shooter, uh, but they might still really have a lot of other consequences that lead yeah. them down other bad paths in life. And hey, and the sad thing is the joker was adopted and that's actually the better outcome. You know, I work with this organization for oh, yeah, sure. foster children, 30,000 of them in LA. And you look at the uh, adoption is a great outcome. You know, compared to the fucking usually. horrible outcomes, usually. The only when you're, when you're adopted by these other kids have. Penny Fleck, but... Yeah, Penny Fleck's no good. Yeah. Uh, Penny Emerson, also terrible. Usually Our good friend. Good. Usually good. <laughs> you're just raking uh, everyone we know over the goals. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing if they listen. I'm seeing if they listen. <laughs> That's the test. <laughs> I should start, I'm just going to randomly insult friends of ours and then just see if they <laughs> see if they say anything. See if they listen. That's um, yeah, but yeah, it's like, you just see, like, I look at foster care as a perfect example of just and social services in general, just the system gets overburdened. They, so many people step through, the, like they fall through the cracks. The CASA, you know, place I work with, the shit they do is like simple stuff most of the time. It's just like finding an error, getting them a medical appointment, getting like this simple stuff changes a kid's life and the government don't do it. Yep. Can't do it. Precisely. Yeah. So anything, anything else on Joker? I think we covered pretty, um, pretty much. We were talking we have about a rating system? Should we give it, should we give it like, Pause, pause up, pause, pause up. up, pause down. That's obviously a two pause up. I mean, it's a great movie. Um, oh, are we doing? Are we just doing two pause? I don't know. I will do. We don't have a system. At Lions have four pause. We can do it best of four, like four stars for oh, pause. Okay. I would probably still. Can you give it quarters of pause? Yeah, I think like I would, those, I could, Oh, I you can even give it. You know those freak cats that have five or five or six fingers. Oh, and you have wings. You have the wing cats. Well, you this can is even get too complicated. You, I you give it, give if it's it, really you great. Give you give four add wings. paws with wing cats with wings. I, I'm going to give it like three and a half paws then because while I do love it and I think it's a great movie, I think it'll be a movie I'll remember forever and want to rewatch again. Uh, and Joaquin Phoenix's performance is just unbelievable. And I think it's just so well done in so many yeah. ways. I just take off the half a paw for a little bit of the tropiness and, yeah. you know, a little bit of the, just the glossing over the, the rich versus poor. And, um, yeah, that, that, that kind of stuff. And like the, the very generic white, rich New York guys, you know, uh, that stuff is just, I don't know. I just want to see scenes like that where it's the same result, but you make it a little less tropey. It doesn't seem that hard. Just make one of those guys Latino and the other one gay. And like suddenly it's fine. You know, just, yeah, it doesn't seem like it should go. be that hard. Uh, no, I completely agree. I also give it three and a half pause. And, uh, but I walked out, I remember walking out saying, yo, I really like that movie. Oh yeah. But sure. it wasn't a movie where like, maybe not, maybe Fight Club's not the best movie in the goddamn world, but I, I, I remember Fight Club is one of the few movies I walked out of and I was like, God damn that movie. Fucking the movie. I was changed thinking my about life, changed the way I think about yeah. things. I think any movie is good if it stirs emotion and it's something you think. And if you think about it like days after you just find yourself thinking about parts of the movie, then it's a good movie. Yeah, and Joker will, I, I for sure will, I definitely would like to see it again. And I also didn't mind, it was two hours, which is a little long, but it was well done and the time passed quickly. See, I um, just saw, I'm used to Avengers movies being three hours now. Oh, so I God. was like, oh, this is so short. This is great. That fucking last Avengers movie was a turd. Uh, piss me off. We don't we need, that's another topic. That's that. another, that's another episode. I like um, it, but it has issues like being too long. It had many issues. It was like, it had the, it had the fucking Peter, uh, Peter Griffin, Peter Griffin. <laughs> no, it had, uh, what's the guy's name that directed Goddamn, event that the the Hobbit director and the 
Peter Jackson. My wife yeah, yells from the other room. Thank you. Peter Jackson. <laughs> it, Avengers suffered from the Peter Jackson syndrome. We're like right, right. the last Lord of the Rings. I was like, you know what? This is good. Except you have 30 minutes of crying hobbits cut out. Right. 25 minutes of the oh, there's the one movie. There's the one movie where the Hobbit just talks to a dragon for an hour. God, like, literally, I know. Literally, that's literal. <laughs> that actually happened in a movie. I, I couldn't believe that. No, that was, I mean, Avengers isn't that bad, but yeah. That was so awful. Like, you're still talking to the dragon? <laughs> oh my God. Wrap it up, Smog. Somebody bring in the fucking Oscar. Play it oh off. God. And that was all just to get to the point where Smog says he's going to destroy the, everything. Yeah, and you don't uh, see that until the next movie. Yeah, it's fucking it's really awful. unbelievable. Fucking that's awful. Atrocious. I agree. Atrocious. That's a crime. But, Where's Odie when you need him? Is it a crime? Yes. That that movie was a crime. <laughs> but but yeah, but it, but overall, it was well done. Flipped well. And, on, and I will say this just to wrap it up. Uh, to your point about Joaquin Phoenix, I do think he should at least be nominated for Best Actor. Has to I, I, I mean, that movie is almost all him. He's better but, than the... Yeah, really. He's the, he's the whole... It's almost like a fucking documentary. It's just him. Yeah. With very few exceptions. I mean, if Heath Ledger won for it, he he has to win for it. It's, it's so much better. I mean, was, so he, much more. De- was he dead when he won? Maybe. Yeah, I think. He I was. think he won because he's dead. He That's dead. The, he got he, dead he got points. Dead he did. Yeah, he got dead points. Don't get any ideas, Joaquin. We want you to stick around. Don't go for the dead points. Yeah. God, I wish I remember. I was thinking of uh, awards that. Yeah, granted, he was. It was a good Joker. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, thinking of awards that aren't good, but aren't deserved. Been, there was something I tweeted about the fucking. Pulitzer Prize. Somebody won it, and it was the guy or no, no, the Nobel Prize, and they won it for the stupidest fucking thing ever. I gotta go to my Twitter real quick and see what the hell it was for. Because it was literally, it's like it was like one of those things. You go, what does this even matter anymore? Why do we even? Why is this a thing? Why is the Nobel Peace Prize a thing? Oh no, it was the Nobel Prize and whatever for a long time. Oh, here we go. Oh, here's here's why during the during the Nobel Prize uh, ceremony, they quoted the Big Bang Theory. Oh god, no, no! Oh, when yeah, they were I, I announcing the winners. That, actually, yeah. God, oh my god! If there's a show, if, if, why can't why couldn't there be a Joker who goes on the set of The Big Bang Theory? I'm proud to say I've never seen the show <laughs> once. I I, ima- I imagine it being terrible, and that's all I need. Okay. I haven't either. I, I actually no. I've watched half an episode that they took the laugh track out of, and I remember sitting there just going, huh? "What if we go to review The Big Bang Theory for like Patreon, and then we, we turns out we love it and we become the biggest fans of it, and and we stop this podcast and start the, the oh, Big Bang I, podcast? I'll admit when I'm wrong. All right, maybe we'll do that. Maybe I'll when I'm wrong on borders. I don't know. Do we have time to get into Ooh. this? I don't, now at this point, I don't think we should because I don't want to do it a half justice. I, I think it's a it's a very in depth topic topic that deserves an in depth discussion. So why I don't agree. we just why don't we just tease it for now? Okay. And why don't we say uh, we will commit to doing this maybe sometime in the next month where we will have a discussion on the topic, not a debate, you know, not a formal debate. Yeah, no, not a, I don't want to do it. Well, the Remzo's like, I'll moderate. And I'm like, I don't care uh, that much. Maybe if we can't come to a conclusion, <laughs> we'll we'll think about that down the road. Yeah, yeah. But uh, let's say we'll stream it to the Pride. So another reason to go join the Lions of Liberty Pride, patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. For as little as $2 a month, you can join the Facebook group and see live streams. So we'll do that yep. live and we'll decide if you want to make it a, a real show or what. But we, we'll address it in, in more, more detail and depth uh, and such. Yeah, there you go. And by the way, I, I just mentioned Remzo. Preview, you're wrong. <laughs> I, I, you, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm a pretty I'm, goddamn, I'm, just I'm a pretty goddamn good, good arguer. And I have, yeah, I we'll find, find out. I find a lot of nuance in arguments that people go, oh, well, good. Yeah. Cause that, cause at the end of the day, that's what I want. I want a nuanced discussion. So yeah, well, that's what we're going to get motherfucker. Uh, by the way, shout out to Remzo Martinez, our buddy. Um, I mean, I'm going to, I think I'm going to have him on to talk about his new book. Yeah, um, you should. It's what the fuck's it called? Kill the Libertarians? <laughs> well, that's his old book, Stay Away from the Libertarians, which I interviewed him about a long time ago. 
Yeah, not that one. What's the new one called? He's sending it to me, but it hasn't come in the mail yet. A lazy, lazy uh, Hispanic. It is. Uh, I can't What's find it right called? now. I, oh yeah, how to succeed in politics? Oh, well. And there's a subtitle that I forget about the devil, the devil, worship. something about and the other, devil, and other forms of devil worship. That's what it is. There you go. How really good book. I, I read it already. It's actually a really. Oh, good see, book. I rec- I told him I'm like I'm not going to read it online. I won't do it. I said send me a send me a physical copy. See, I'm the opposite. It. I was like send me a, a, a Kindle version. So I, can oh, read I can't. It I might. I might. I can't read just like I lose my place. I can listen to audiobooks or paper. I'm. I'm. I'm an old man. I'm an I just old person. Don't like having to carry books around, and I can carry like 20 books on an iPad. It's great. Oh, I love carrying books around. I can use them to jam in people's mouth and just uh, right there. That's true. That's true. Yeah. All right. One more thing before we wrap this up. Actually, I, let's talk real quick about the NBA. You didn't prepare and, me for this at all. I don't know. Well, uh, well all right, here, here's, I'll ease you into it with this story. I just I read on Zero Hedge yeah, yeah. Okay. about the, oh yeah, but the Drexel professor blowing uh, federal funds at strip clubs. Nope. That's not what I thought you were going to talk about. What a fucking hero. China guy. Okay. Best, best use of funds I've ever seen by a government, uh, for government funds. I'm all for it. If this is what government funds you go really, toward my Between tax this dollars, and the borders thing, you really are becoming a sadist. <laughs> if, if my tax dollars are going towards strip clubs, I'm for it. Support the arts. <laughs> well, I guess if we have to, if we have to use our tax dollars, it may as well. I'd rather go to the to strippers than piss Christ. Um, what happened? So basically, a Drexel, a guy at Drexel, uh, named. <laughs> wow, you know me and names. Good luck with this one. Good luck, everybody. That's all I know. Chikayo Danaka D Nuankpa. I'm sure you nailed it. I'm going to send it to you in the chat. You try saying it. I'm going to okay. send it to you right now. I'm, we'll I'm see if you can it. do any fucking better. There's no chance here. Well, I idea. This is like when you watch somebody putt in golf. There you go. Oh, it's Chico Dinaka di Nwankpa. What? Why was that hard? Chico Dinaka? Yeah. Di Nwankpa? Yeah. Simple. You just pronounce them how they're spelled. Can I have an? I know we have some people in Africa listening to this. Can we check this? Can we fact check this, please? Maybe he's listening. Maybe Chikadinaka's listening. I hope. Maybe he was inspired by us. He's like, "Fuck the government. I'm using this money for the good stuff." I hope. (laughs) Anyway, so according to the Justice Department, he spent funds on uh, strip clubs, and let's see, something like 180 (laughs) thousand by himself. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. If I'm going to spend 100,000, it's all champagne room all the time. Is his other name Rico? His other alias? (laughs) It might be Rico in blackface, like Soul Man. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that was one story. All right, just real quick, though. What do you think about the NBA and China? They they kicked out two people from arenas in the NBA in America for having fucking Hong Kong signs and standing up and saying they want it like, like cheering for Hong Kong. I think this is actually a tough one from very many angles uh, because, A, as a libertarian, I support free speech, free association, and all these things. But I'm not going to act like it's not troubling to see major American corporations. And the larger an organization is, I would include all the major sports leagues and, uh, you know, major companies, tech companies. They, they get to this point where they're like almost are the government. They're becoming a part of the government. They're so in- intertwined with regulations and such. And it is scary to see them wholesalely side with the communist China, in a sense. Um, it's also, though... You know, I don't know. Also, the, there's elements of the Hong Kong Revolution. I discussed this with Daniel McAdams the other week a little bit that are very CIA e leady and um, oh, totally. So I, I'm very conflicted about these things because I want freedom for everybody and I want to support freedom movements. But then when I see the CIA involved in the freedom movement, I start to think, how freedom is this movement? So um, that there's that element. <laughs> you want of it, your freedom then, with a side of CIA? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I suppose the NBA has the right to remove people that are 
putting messages on TV. It's a television product uh, yeah. that, that if they want. Uh, but I think they're going to face a lot of backlash for it. And I think it's going to only invite more people to do the same. People wear a Hong Kong shirt underneath and you know reveal it. I think it's just going to draw even more attention to it, where if they let a couple of people wear the shirts and didn't make a big deal out of it, it would probably just fade away. I uh, I agree completely. I and I, I also agree that uh, it's a private private product. If people want, if they want to kick you out of the stadium for any goddamn reason, they're more than welcome to do it. Well, that and, doesn't mean we have to like it, and we doesn't, it does, yeah. doesn't mean we have to. And, yeah. and if you don't like that as a fan of that, then don't go. Don't support the product. I was, don't already, ahead don't of the, I was already ahead of this years ago. I don't watch the NBA and I don't go to games. I don't either because the NBA fucking sucks. I hate the NBA. Boring product. But uh, in general, though, like you're saying, you know, you've got this. Oh wait, I lost my train of thought. Uh-huh. Well, what else? Is I wish I could rewind. Are I wish I could rewind. Are you a tired, bit. sleepy, or I'm tired and now I'm a little drunk. Um, no, but yeah. You know, so you got the oh, you're talking about the reaction and yeah, people. If they just let this shit go, this happens all the time. This is the Chinese government writ large, by the way. Yeah. If they would let more of this shit go and be less heavy-handed with it, then they would have a lot less problems. Like by I them have- cracking down so hardcore, they're all they're doing is making the problem fucking worse and worse and worse every time. Yeah, I think China's been like canceling all these NBA games and saying they're not going to have the yeah. the games that there they were going to play. They're not going to air them. But I think that is also going to. I mean, maybe not because maybe they're crushing dissent so much in Hong Kong that people won't. But it's going to create more dissent within their own culture and yeah. their own people of being. Why are you taking the NBA games away from us? Why? Because someone tweeted something about Hong Kong. Like, right, yeah. It's it's, it's going to build even more resentment, and I, I don't think it's a strategically smart movie movie either. Oh, I'd be so fucking mad if like the Eagles were on and they're like, oh, you're not going to get to see the Eagles game because somebody. Uh, the owner somebody likes Cuba. A, somebody so wore Trump- a t- yeah, somebody wore a pro Cuba t-shirt. I'd be like, you go fuck right off. Yeah, exactly. It's just idiotic. Yeah, it's stupid all around. I think we agree. All right. Well, that's about it. Do you have any final thoughts to share with my Electric Liberty Land audience? Uh, that if you haven't, you should go listen to my show, which airs two days before this one every single week. So go do that. And um, yeah, I think, well, no, this would have already happened. So yeah, I interviewed in the past with Julie Borowski about her new children's book, Nobody Knows How to Make a Pizza. And uh, it's really awesome. So I was happy to have her on to talk about that. So yeah. check it out. I liked her Greta Thunberg. She did. It's kind of like a oh, cosplay yeah. Yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, um, we had we had uh, recorded this before that, so I I didn't get to ask her about that. But oh uh, well, that's all right. I got and I realized that I, I didn't stop to do a a plug. Now I got to go back and like ninja in a goddamn plug <laughs> in the middle of the show. I hate that. Although it's kind of like Dave, you know, it was a Dave it's fucking fun. Rubens podcast. Okay. It's like, like they, in the middle of a sentence. You should like, do yeah, it in the middle exactly. of a word, so when people get here, they'll know that it was on purpose, and only your true <laughs> fans will know that you did that totally domestic. Thing. Oh, I t- I think I definitely will know. But yeah, he doesn't. Just all don't time. do it in He's the like, middle of one of my brilliant points. And then I said, "Did you want to use ZipRecruiter for your your product placement?" Yeah. Uh, fuck ZipRecruiter, by the way. They're not a they're not a sponsor of this program. <laughs> fuck ZipRecruiter, and never will be now. Yeah, well, if they, they want, were about if, to call, and they're like, "Well, until we heard that last, we episode. should do reverse advertising and just, just like, like hold them hostage, be like, we're gonna talk shit on your fucking company every day until you, you know what jeans suck, Levi's. Those are the worst. They're itchy. They don't fit right. <laughs> you <laughs> send us money, Levi's, or we're no like libertarians will wear those pants. We're like five zero transphobic. Oh, man. Next week, I'll a, have on Stephen Kinsella to discuss my lawsuit um, against Levi's or their lawsuit against me. Trying to do the rock eyebrow. I just did it by accident. I cannot do that. Anyway. Oh, there you go. Hey, go. See, you have to be a $2 prize member to see this, this rock. This is why you need to see the live streams. So eyebrow. You no, know, you can see our terrible people's eyebrows. <laughs> I look a little bit like Columbo. All right. How do you end the show? Plug it in for Liberty or something? 
Yeah, plug it in for Liberty, like a Glade plug-in. Plug it in, plug it in. Plug it in, plug it in. Uh, now, all right, let's wrap this shit. Okay, so yeah, guys, remember, uh, Mark, obviously you can hear him on Mondays. Uh, I am every Wednesday. And listen to John Odie Odermatt on Felony Fridays. Make sure you check that out. Talk about the ironically named criminal justice system. Also, want to remind you guys that you can go and buy the one, the only Liberty is Theft mug. Go to lionsofliberty.store. Pick that up. Also, taxation is theft. <laughs> uh, what did I say? Taxation Liberty is-, is theft. But I actually like that. I think we should come out with another mug. <laughs> For, called- we'll sell it to the left and we'll make money off of them. <laughs> this is why I'm glad you don't edit your podcast for moments like this. Ever. Yeah, we're going to start a new, a new Liberty is theft mug. <laughs> Dude, we should sell that to the left. Why I guarantee not? we make a shitload of money. What if we made a billion dollars selling anti-Liberty gear oh to, my fund, God. to fund Liberty? Hey. I love this idea. I think we yeah. should make a Liberty is theft mug. It'll be like Remzo with all the secret Facebook pages that we're probably yeah, totally. talking about. Yeah, totally. Wink, wink. Uh, yeah, Liberty is... Sorry, <laughs> I just said again. Taxation is death mug at lionsofliberty.store <laughs> as well as Do Nothing Man gear. By the way, go like Do Nothing Man's Facebook page. I have a YouTube dedicated to it now. This is the thing, people. This is the thing that's going to grow. So go fucking support it. Uh, that's, that's enough plugs. If right. we, I believe if we just over double our Patreon support, or maybe closer to triple, we have decided we will put the funds into Animate Do Nothing Man. It so will be a cartoon. An incentive. Yes. And uh, that wouldn't be that hard. It wouldn't take uh, that much, that many of you. That no. Well, and again, time. guys, remember, uh, we've got our $50 Nittany level now, which Ooh, yeah, gets you in. Of course, Nick McCone also. Shout out to you, sir. Yeah. Our new, uh, our new super level, but also comes in on the $50. But you get to choose. We have two people on there now, I guess, well, does Nick count? Does he get three to- total? Yeah, yeah, three total. All right, three total. Nick, yeah. I keep hitting my yeah. fucking earphone on my mic today. Uh, yeah, but you get to pick Conspiracy Corner after three months. Conspiracy Corner, you get to decide a movie for us to review, and I think we're going to add in some other stuff. I actually am debating really offering- anything. It's it's up to them. It's uh, you know, we are whores for your amusement. Sure, I, yeah. I maybe even a do nothing man concept, and I'll see wow, if it works. Wow. All right, I might tell them that they're morons and to shove it. I reserve that right. Asterisk. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. We're always left. <laughs> Asterisk. You're a, a moron. Any pledge level, we can call you a moron. That's Shove that's it. Fine. Uh, but yeah, get on that, guys. You can go to patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty. All right, that's it. For me, Ryan McWilliams from the Lions of Liberty, including Mark Claire. Wow, thank you for joining wow, me. Wow. Uh, and from Electric Liberty Land, always stay plugged in to Liberty.